Hey, Icy Warriors, if you've been listening to this show for a while now, then you know I encourage you all to investigate the root cause of your interstitial cystitis symptoms. Well, lately, I've been getting a lot of questions on exactly how to do that. So this month, inside my monthly membership, the Icy Collective, I created a masterclass that teaches you how to investigate your Icy triggers. I'll teach you what the most common triggers are, how to investigate what your unique triggers are, and what to do with that information so you can get relief fast. The best part about the IC Collective is that once you join, you get immediate access to our education vault that contains all of our previous masterclasses. Topics we previously covered include flare management, dining out, sex and IC, and more. In addition to these monthly education opportunities, You also have the ability to connect with other members inside our private group chat and participate in a weekly Q&A with me where you can get evidence-based answers to your IC-related questions. This membership has a value of over $300 per month, but the current cost to join is only $57 per month. You can join now at the link in the show notes. Welcome to the ICU podcast. I'm your host, Callie registered dietitian living with interstitial cystitis. Each week, I'll be diving into hot topics in the IC world, giving others a platform to share their story, and I may even reveal some of my favorite nutrition tips. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we're doing another episode of ICU, and today we're going to talk about pelvic health resources and even really know where this conversation is going to go. But today I have a guest who founded a resource called Pelvic Health Support. Her name is Marnie Glavin. Welcome to the show, Marnie. Thank you. Happy to be here. That intro is a little bit weird in my language, and for everyone listening, if I sound a bit more nasal than I normally do, it's because my allergies are freaking insane this week, and I feel like I'm actually underwater, so that is why I sound like that, (laughs) Um, and I feel like so many people with IC, or at least a subgroup of us, like, have an issue with like mast cells and histamine and and that can actually be a trigger in itself for bladder flares so yeah I know a lot of people around this time tend to get flare-ups because of the pollen and everything going on out there springtime I know the other day I took a I, I I used to take hydroxyzine nightly for my IC but I decided it wasn't really doing anything for me so I went off of it and took one Sunday night because I was desperate and I woke up to go to a workout class at like 7 15 and I was like a zombie I highly regretted taking that but yeah yeah, it just made me remember there are side effects that come with medications (laughs) I don't know I used to take hydroxyzine um because I have IC as well and it would give me such bad um retention like I couldn't pee Oh, did you not find that? Did that not happen to you? I've actually never had any sort of retention, but I've been hearing some some issues with different medications recently. Like one of my clients recently went on amitriptyline and had retention yeah. and also was struggling. Like it, it caused a flare up for her. So 
Mm -hmm. That's the type of thing that gives people trust issues. (laughs) I know. Amateur amateur playing definitely does cause some um, retention because I take it. I've been taking it way too long. I've got to get off that drug. I've been on it since, oh my God, 2004. Wow. Yeah. So you, I was going to say you've had IC for a while. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your journey with that? Yeah. So I was diagnosed in 2003 after having, um, symptoms. I think it must've stemmed from a bladder infection that just wouldn't go away. Um, so I was put on multiple antibiotics and, I would take one and it did nothing. So the doctor, it was a general practitioner at the time, he would put me on another one. And then after three, I'm like, okay, this is clearly not working. And so that was when they sent me to a urologist. Um, But I remember I was, I was traveling with an ex-boyfriend's family and she's like, oh, I bring antibiotics with me when I travel. Cause sometimes I get bladder infection. She's like, why don't you just take mine? I'm like, I'm going to take three I don't think this is probably the best thing to do right um so I was in university I was in my I guess I was in my last year and I remember having to go for a cystoscopy um in London Ontario which is where I went to university which is just about two hours west of Toronto and it was the worst experience I mean they didn't so this is the thing I know a lot of the times now when they do cystoscopies they will not give people a general which I think is whenever I, I did not have it. Cystoscopy. You never had a cystoscopy? No, like I, I did. I, I didn't have oh. anesthesia. Oh, you didn't. And you were fine? No, it was awful. No, it was awful. I cried, I cried the whole time and I, I have a high pain tolerance. Terrible. And then they did, did they do the hydro distension? Yeah. So the first, yeah. the first, I had two uh, cystoscopies. The first was with hydrodistension that was under anesthesia. And then the second one, which was the most memorable one was just a cystoscopy in office. And it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess it's a cost thing, but it just, when I hear that people have to do, you know, they're just like, Oh, we're just gonna do a local. I'm just like, Oh God, don't do it. Try to get the general. It's right. just such a horrible experience, especially when your bladder is already, you know, not in, best of shape so angry (laughs) well I I couldn't tolerate it they weren't able to finish the procedure so I have to do it again so it's like okay here's time number two which is also why I'm like you know just get it done under the with the general and that way you don't have to go through the process twice um but I remember I couldn't sit after I went into I took baths it was just awful Mm -hmm. so painful and it also can often cause a flare um post so then about, I guess maybe it was two or three months later, I did it with a general, which was fine. Um, and then they diagnosed me the second time around um, based on mostly capacity and, you know, pinpoint long relations, but that would happen to most people when they stretch a bladder. So, <clears throat> so for me, um, I don't have so much the pain as I do the the frequency and urgency, nocturia, dyspareunia, those are more of the symptoms that I've been dealing with for the past 20 years. And I've gone, I've kind of waxed and waned. I've had bad periods. I've had good periods. Um, but the reason that I started public health support 
is a result of there being such a lack of resources out there for people who struggle with pelvic health conditions in general. So I just saw a major need for, you know, having a support system. I mean, people don't really, shouldn't feel like urology is the only answer, right? And that's how I felt. And I think, you know, now pelvic physiotherapy is so much, you know, it's it's prevalent now and people are doing it. There's so many more public PTs. When I first went, I remember my urologist actually sent me and I had no idea what to expect. Um, I was going in blind and I just, yeah, I was just like, you're going to do what? And I have to go home with homework and finger myself. And I was just like, okay, so Uh (laughs) this is, yeah. So it's just like, I like to help people prepare. You know, a lot of people in the support groups are constantly asking, like, I'm, you know, they're saying I'm scared. I don't know what to expect. And so we try to break down, um, what, what they can expect and how they can benefit and what kind of treatment options are available. Um, And I think the thing is with the way the site works is you can be proactive on the site. So you can actually try out multiple things. Like you can try, you know, we teach you how to do an elimination diet. We provide you with recipes like bladder friendly, bladder friendly recipes, anti-inflammatory recipes, gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, we allow you to we provide videos so you can do meditation and breath work or mindful movement, things like um, restorative yoga and physio yoga and Qigong. So, you know, finding what works for you. And I think, you know, if I had known how much the brain um, plays a role in IC 20 years ago, I mean, they don't really tell you that when you go to the urologist, they make you feel like it's a completely tissue based um issue it's it's your bladder it's bladder centric it's not and not to say your pain isn't real it absolutely is but people need to really understand central sensitization and understanding how the brain can get sensitive when you've been in pain for a long time um and i think you know that's the goal of the site is to help people understand how the biopsychosocial approach works and how the brain works and how the brain is wired because I think it's not, it's, it's really not addressed in conventional medicine. So, you know, that is really the focus of the site. It really is um, helping people understand that. And I just wish I had it 20 years ago, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I really do. Cause you know, the thing is often when you get a chronic illness diagnosis, you're going to go into a depression. It's almost, they almost go hand in hand, right? You're like, here I was in my early twenties, finding out that I had this bladder condition that was chronic and it was uncurable and no one really knew anything about it. And it was just one of those things like I was going to have to learn to live with. I mean, where was the, where was the mental health piece there? Like where was, where was the help in you know, no one told me to, you know, go do yoga, go try meditation, go, you know, there were so many things that I could have done, but I wasn't informed and I had no idea. And I just was like told here, you've got this condition I see. No one really knows anything about it. And they used to think it was, you know, back in the day, they called it like, what, what do they say? Like it was a, it was a crazy person's mm-hmm. diagnosis, which isn't, you know, it's just ridiculous. It makes us crazy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the bladder is so controlling, right? And I think for me, the biggest struggle has been sleep. And I think, you know, there's been periods where I've had 
such bad nocturia that I haven't had quality sleep. And then that obviously affects you in every aspect of your life if you're not sleeping properly. And I think so many people with IC struggle with that, right? Getting yeah. up multiple times in the night. How are you going to get your your REM or deep sleep right. constantly getting up? So yeah. I see so many people struggling with that. And and luckily I have it. I mean, I did when I was a freshman in college after my hydrodistension, I had a ton of frequency and nocturia. But luckily mm-hmm. I, I was able to retrain my bladder and, and everything's fine now. But I know there are so many people struggling with that and it, yeah. it definitely will affect you in your day-to-day life. I mean, if you have to go to work, like you're going to be a zombie and it could impact your performance there. It could really... It, it just so many different things in life that it gets in the way of yeah and I just remember even you know I worked in advertising for a long time and I used to be in meetings and these meetings would run you know for sometimes two hours and I just sit there like I didn't want to leave um but I sat there so uncomfortable because I just had to go to the bathroom oh, I always and think I, didn't about, want to... I always think about teachers like oh they have a teacher. class that they can't leave terrible <laughs> Like, Terrible. how, how do you just, all do it? <laughs> they should all be, well, kindergarten here, they have a, an, like an EA, an educational assistant. So the kindergartner, the kindergarten teachers have it a little bit easier because they get, or there's a bathroom sometimes in the classroom. I don't know if they'd really want right. to use it. a bunch of five-year-olds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's hard. There have been, you know, I've run support groups and there have been teachers and they've talked about how, difficult that that is yeah Um, I had some clients who have had to go on like medical leave from teaching mm -hmm. because of their IC and that's that's huge I mean just not being able to go to work and staying home I mean there is a a socialization factor of of working and obviously the finances you have to provide for yourself and your family so it can really derail you yeah, it's so, it's so, it's a hard one. It's a very, very difficult one. And, and I think the problem with it still is because it's not, you know, considered it's not cancer, it's not heart disease, it's not diabetes, like it's not as well known. People have no, like when you, I'm sure when you've said to people, told friends, family, even you tell them your symptoms or that you have IC and they're just like, they have no idea. They I don't, don't even it. usually say the the term interstitial cystitis, if it's somebody that I'm not really like super close with, I'll say I have a bladder condition. It's similar to having a UTI all the time, like just breaking it through the simplest terms. But I mean, in terms of raising awareness, that's not always like the the best approach. And I, I encourage people to try your best to, you know, name this when you're talking to other people about it, because that's the only way we're going to raise awareness is to just tell people about it. And I, I didn't ever hear of interstitial cystitis before I was diagnosed with it. Like I, I, I don't even, I think I, f- I learned about it on Google and was like, oh yeah, that sounds exactly like what I have. Um, oh my God, my cat's having a hairball in the back here. What's that? <laughs> my cat's having a hairball. <laughs> I can't hear it. Oh my God. Oh, now I, okay. A little bit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's okay. You know that cats get icy? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yes, they do. And mm, it feels like 
it feels like people with IC, it's usually their cats that get IC. I don't know <laughs> if it's like, if there's a weird thing. That's interesting. <laughs> well, there you go. There's Maybe the it's something to do with the nervous system. Maybe our, if we have anxiety and a, a you know, nervous system element, like maybe we're like projecting that onto our pet. <laughs> onto oh my God. I didn't know there was a link between cat IC um people with IC and their cats having I don't know honestly but people I've heard from many people that their cats also have IC and and they have it as well so it's interesting I'd be curious to see if there is a link yeah well there's a study for down the road I know um the other thing that really annoys me is the stats for IC because the percentage of men is much higher then, I mean, they say it's like mostly women, 92% or some, you know, high number like that. It's not true. It's yeah. absolutely not true. There are so many men, they diagnose them with chronic prostatitis and they have IC. Yeah. And that's another piece that I think, you know, bringing more awareness um, to the condition, if there was more of like, I just, I, I really don't like that they they label it a female-centric condition. I really don't think it is a female-centric condition. I mean, potentially, maybe there's more women who have it, but there are plenty of men who have it too. And, you know, they're not getting diagnosed for whatever reason, you know, they're not going to their see their doctor or just living with it. Um, but if you look at the symptoms of chronic prostatitis and you look at the symptoms of IC, they're very, very similar. So... And there's a major mental health component involved in CPPS as well. So that's something that really annoys me that mm-hmm. they, you know, and I don't know if you personally um, see any men in your, in your practice. Um, Honestly, no, I am open to yes, it, yes. but men typically aren't yeah. reaching out to me or interested in the things that I offer so it, it's definitely interesting that that is the case yeah I mean you did did you not start like a support group for men I, I men, did and, and it's just not taking um off. let me take a look at it because I feel like yeah. we've I just gathered yeah. quite a few da-da, let's see we have- I just feel like the education behind I see is just I mean even I've spoken to conventional doctors um, and just them telling me how little they learn Mm -hmm. in school about it and just how poorly, and it's just been so long. Like it's not a new illness, you know, but I think, I think doctors shy away from it also because there's not much they can do on their end. Yeah. And that's why it's really like, you really have to go the holistic route with IC. I cannot stress that enough. I mean, yes, there are medications you can take like amitriptyline, and there was Almiron, which I hope people aren't taking anymore um, because of the retinal vitulopathy link. But, you know, I mean, there's, it's just, it's, it's just, there isn't, and there's surgery. I mean, they barely, most people don't have their bladder removed unless they're in, you know, a severe, severe case. Mm-hmm. So there's your, your options, conventional medicine, medication, surgery. So clearly there's a lot that can be done for IC in the holistic space right I mean diet being huge Mm -hmm. um which you can talk to probably much better than I can um but it's it's massive and I think you know I think you also stress because a lot of people 
tend to feel like they have to stick to the IC diet, which they don't, right? Because everyone's different. Maybe I can tolerate tomatoes and you can't. Maybe I can not have a glass of wine and you can. It's Mm -hmm. like everybody's different. So it's really like that elimination diet is so important to to figure out what you can. Because I remember when I, I was told, oh, try the IC diet. And I was like, so limited with what I could eat. It was just... And that can cause other issues too, right? Yeah. Eating disorders and whatnot. So it's, it's a huge problem. And I think people like you, it's great because you're teaching people, no, you can still eat lots of foods and you can have a, you know, diet with more than five things in it. Right. Yeah. I think, um, that's, that's a really important thing for people to know, because I think it's, it's, hard for you know anybody who has limitations in their diet and I mean what the when you look at the IC diet it's like tomatoes citrus fruits alcohol everything goes on and on yeah it's a lot it's a lot and we're coming into the summer season and it's like there's so many different social events happening I mean there's pool parties and beach trips and yeah whatever else you do in the summertime and and all of those things usually involve food or drinks and so it's like if you don't know what is bothersome to you then you're gonna be stressed you're gonna not enjoy yourself you're gonna wonder is this food gonna flare me or even like the stress of that triggering a flare and it's not even the food And so that's why I really encourage people, you know, as long as they don't have any active like eating disorder type behaviors, I mean, do an elimination diet to learn exactly what you're sensitive to, exactly what your limits are on those things, because you might be able to have a small amount of a food that you really enjoy and you might be able to indulge, but you'll never know those limits if you don't Mm -hmm. do the science experiment that is the elimination diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's a big one. And do you um, bring in mindfulness at all into your program? Is it? So we don't have any like formal classes or anything like that, but we do encourage it um, in our, we have a lot of discussions about it in our, our group calls or support group calls. I always make that sound weird. Um, yeah. but it is something that I, I do support and I think a lot of people could benefit from. Yeah, no, it's so it's big. And I think a lot of people, I mean, like, I just remember when I started trying to meditate, I couldn't do it myself. Like, I was just like, this is not working for me. And I, you know, I looked at other ways. So for me, it's yoga. Like I do yoga and that really helps. Um, to just calm my mind and keep me um, grounded. But I think that's another piece. Like a lot of people are like, oh, meditation, I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. Well, okay, that's fine. But there's other things you can do other than just sit and meditate, right? So that's a big one. I mean, I feel like people really need to to understand that, um, right? Because it's just, it's not just, there's not just one option there's multiple Absolutely. options yeah and, and that sort of you know and and it's the same with that's the thing I think people with IC often feel limited 
but there's, it's not really limited. Like you just have to figure out what works best for you. And then once you get comfortable, then you have a practice that works and then you're sort of on your road to recovery. Yeah. <laughs> it's <been> <laughs> <laughs> it comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> recovery. Absolutely. Uh, um, and I think it's funny because you say like would you you say you're in remission or do you say you have no longer have IC? Like what would you say? I actually a lot of people will ask me, like, how did you get into remission? And I literally will say I don't consider myself to be in remission because I my biggest trigger is stress and stress is something that is really difficult to get a handle on it's something I'm working towards and I've been working towards for years now I'm not going to you know not be transparent about that it's a work in progress um I I'm just a very high anxiety person I've been like that my whole life I struggled with this since I was a kid and IBS so it's you know ingrained Mm. in DNA um, so I, I call, I say I'm 95% symptom free and that 5% is okay. If I have a really stressful day, I might flare up if I, um, I don't know if, if I get like bad news or just some sort of stressful scenario, like there is mm. a chance that I can flare up. However, I know my triggers. I know, okay, I'm stressed. This is probably, I need to take some precautions. I need to drink water. I need to put the ice on my pelvic floor. Like I need to use all my flare busters and I can usually calm a flare in like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really affect my life very much. Um, Mm -hmm. but to me, remission that, that wouldn't be remission to me. It would be, I'd be completely rid of all my symptoms. I wouldn't have to worry about anything like food, Mm -hmm. meds, anything like that. But to someone else, I'm, I'm in remission to someone else's, you know, definition. I never like, I'm also, I guess there's a superstitious thing, but you know, people are like, Oh, I find anytime someone asks me like, Oh, how are your, you know, how are you feeling or whatever? I'm always like, well, today is good. I, but I don't like to say, Oh, I'm totally fine now. I just, you know, I'm kind of one of those like knock on wood kind of people. (laughs) And (laughs) so I never like to say, you know, when I'm going through a good period, I'll, I won't say, oh, I'm, I'm rid of it or I'm in remission. I'll just say, like, I'm going through a good period. Right. That's it's sort of funny. how I feel. <laughs> we, I have, like to, yeah. we have clients who like every Wednesday in Road to Remission, we, we have like a Wednesday wins thread where people just share like their wins. And some people just won't share wins because they're afraid of jinxing themselves. Yes. You're not alone. <laughs> I know. I really just, yeah, I'm totally, um, (laughs) I I do find like that, you know, when I do say, oh yeah, I'm good. I've I've been, I'm in a good, I've been in, you know, a good, good period. And then the next day I'll feel like crap. So I just Mm -hmm. don't bother, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, but I, it's different for everyone, you know, like when I hear people say, oh, I'm rid of it. I don't, I mean, you clearly have the condition still. I don't think you can really be rid of it completely. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's it's all about management, right? Hey, IC Warriors. Have you been feeling stuck on your journey to learn your unique triggers? I used to feel this way too until I started investigating my diet triggers through an elimination diet. But I'm not going to lie to you, the process was not perfect or even close to it. 
Fast forward five or so years, and I'm now an IC dietitian helping other people with IC minimize their symptoms. And I want to help you take on the elimination diet with success, saving you time, money, and energy long term. To help you, I created a free masterclass on diet for IC. The class covers how the IC diet was created and why it shouldn't be followed long term, how to identify your diet triggers, my personal elimination diet protocol that I use with my clients, and the top five most common elimination diet mistakes that I see as a interstitial cystitis dietitian. After watching the masterclass, you'll feel confident in your ability to conduct an elimination diet to identify your unique diet triggers and get that much closer to remission from IC. You can watch the free masterclass now by clicking the link in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode. I think it it depends. I mean, if you have Hunter's lesions, I don't know that there is anything that really cures that right now, unless you- Well, they remove them, but then they often go back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They they yeah. typically come back. Um, so, but for the people without Hunter's lesions, whose bladders look, you know, normally healthy, and maybe there's a little bit of inflammation, but um, for those people, it's like okay, you might just have something that is causing your symptoms. It, is it a nervous system issue? Like last week, we were talking to a. A therapist I completely forget what her title was but we were talking about how um people with nervous system regulation you know if you can get your nervous system regulated you know your your pain and your symptoms could absolutely go away and and that could be like a quote unquote cure I hate saying that word it, it like oh, yeah makes me I cringe see. a little bit but yeah I, mean, I think it just depends you know what what the root cause is and if it's something that is treatable or if you remove it from your lifestyle, like it's possible. Yeah. But to me, that's management, right? Because if you bring it back in, is it going to come right. back? Right. So if it's, it's right. So I'm just like, you, yeah. Yeah. I, I think like it's just all about managing, managing the condition, right. uh, which some people do very well and some people don't do very well. Right. I mean, it's, it all comes down to, the work you put in, right? I mean, it, it does, I would say IC does require work. Absolutely. I don't think it's one of those, it's not one of those, there's no quick fix, um, which is unfortunate, but it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a complicated condition. And I just think that I'd like to see, and I, and I have seen, you know, now people are using pelvic PT, which is great, who have IC. And then there's people who, who fear things like that too, right? Like, cause they're like, oh, well, I'm going to be put into a flare if I go for pelvic PT. Mm-hmm. I don't like anyone touching me or doing any internal work. So it's complicated because you kind of have to, cause I remember, I remember after, um, after I had my son, I had some really bad, like I had a C-section and I had really bad. So I guess like my core, I had a strong core and then it was like super weak because they cut through all my muscles. Um, and so my back was all of a sudden compensating for this weak core and I'd have this like terrible back pain. Like I couldn't even carry like a car seat or 
like take the stroller out of the trunk and all these things. It was terrible. And the woman who I went to see the physiotherapist, she's like, can I please do pelvic PT? And I was nervous. Like I really was, I didn't really, I was afraid to trigger anything. Like my bladder was doing okay. And I didn't want to trigger anything. So she's like, I really think that if I do pelvic PT, it could help. And I said, no. And, uh, and it probably took me a lot longer to get rid of the back pain than, you know, if I had gone that route. So in, yeah, that's, it's a hard one, right? Because there is a fear around, um, often around that internal work. Yeah. I don't think that for, it for is gonna help if you don't buy into it. Like, for me, the first time it was mentioned to me and with my first therapist, like I was just like, I don't think this is going to really help me, but I'm going to do it because my doctor told me to. And I I wasn't really bought into it and like mm-hmm. a believer that it could help me. But a couple mm-hmm. years down the road, you know, I wasn't going. And then I decided, okay, I'm finally in a place where I understand what PT can do for me. I understand what the pelvic floor anatomy is and and the physiology behind it and and how much that can help me and then i i had a whole new like mindset shift about okay i'm really going to do everything they tell me i'm going to do my homework i'm you know going to work on my breathing whatever they tell me to do i'm going to do it because i understand now and and you know i don't know if that was like the case for you at all but that was my experience with it yeah I mean I think it's also like it really comes down to the person's headspace right where they're at their comfort zone mm-hmm. um and you know I work with a lot of public PTs and and you know through public health support and you know a lot of them deal I would say the majority of them I wouldn't say I see is their you know number one patient who's coming to them like it's more you know things like prolapse is huge and you know prenatal postpartum um vaginismus endometriosis um i see is there but it's sort of you know when even when people are doing their their guest blogs i see doesn't usually come up with pelvic pt that much like they're not usually writing articles with up with that um you know the trans population it's big for incontinence um so yeah so I mean and that's the thing right like when you have a hypertonic pelvic floor pelvic PT is harder than a hypotonic pelvic floor right because everything's tight and tense and yeah but so you have had you you've had positive experience with it yeah yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's funny. We're talking about this right now. I, I called my PT who I've been seeing for like two years now, but I, I stopped going because I, I had a surgery on a Bartholin cyst that I had and I couldn't go to PT for a few months. And so I've been meaning to call them to get back on the schedule, but deep down, I knew that it was going to be a really long wait because that's mm. just what's happening all over the world right now there just doesn't seem to be enough pts and i they're like we can get you on the schedule for october and i was like oh Oh my god that is just like please tell my therapist like if she can get me in earlier like i i will do anything like i 
that is so long like that's crazy you yeah. know I haven't really come across that many pelvic PTs in Pennsylvania yeah it's maybe there's a shortage maybe but it seems like when talking to my clients like they're they're all having weights like this and I mean that's I don't nuts. even think it's exclusive to physical therapists I think it, it's like also euro urologist urogynecologist like, oh yeah I think it just depends like where you're at and and what the population looks like yeah See, I'm in Canada, so I would have thought in the States you'd be able to get anything. Like, if you're paying, you can get in whatever right? you want. But you no, would think, but not. no. Because here, yeah, you've got crazy wait times. I mean, we don't cover, like, the health insurance that, you know, the government covers um, is not, does not include anything like public PT, but it does include urology and urogynecology. Yeah, so that's not good. I know it's well, not. Glad, yeah, that's that's interesting to know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my homework for you and find out <laughs> find some more public PTs in Pennsylvania. I know. Uh, yeah. I just really love my person, and uh, that's true. Once you're, it's like a psychotherapist. Yeah, like, like if you vibe with someone, it's like you want to keep going there. Like it's it's that trust. For element. sure. Yeah. For sure. No, I agree. That is definitely well. Yeah. Maybe did you go on the cancellation list or? Um, yeah, I, I okay. asked him to do that for me. So, I mean, but in the yeah. meantime, I I have my own pelvic wand and I sort of know what to do with it. It's just like, I'm not confident. I, I talked about this on a previous episode that we did recently, but like, I, I sort of know, but I'm not like really confident in, in doing that work. I'm always like, well, am I doing something yeah. that's going to hurt me? Like, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you need a 101. Yeah. Put that on my site. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like I actually perused on YouTube and there there was some videos. Was there anything? Yeah. But I don't know. Well, that like, would be a complicated one because yeah. it would be, I mean, did it have like a. They show you like a, on a model, like a. a I see. All the floor model, but it's kind okay. of hard when it's like. Yeah your pelvic floor is attached to your body it's not like you're holding it out in front of you doing it like it's just weird <laughs> I feel like a pelvic PT would be best to yeah, yeah teach sure. how to use it best yeah uh, especially like everybody's different too right like mm -hmm. you could have pain with one side and not with the other and it's just you kind of have to exactly know your body yeah so and I've been yeah. I've been noticing when I, I do my wand work that the side that I had my Bartholin cyst on that's the side that is like more sensitive and, and tight and makes sense mm -hmm. but it's yeah, like, it I'm like how hard do I need to put pressure on this like I don't know <laughs> yeah so how long has it been since you had it has been since like the first two weeks of January ish is when I had that done okay so, been, actually yeah. a decent amount of time that has flown by um the surgery wasn't bad. Uh, uh -huh. It was just like a recurring cyst that just kept coming back up. I would get it drained in the office, which is kind of painful. And that would be painful, they, yeah. Yeah, they were like, honestly, you should probably get this operated on. But I was like, you know, that sounds really scary. I don't want it to flare my IC. Like, I just kept getting it drained. And they're like, well, now you have scar tissue. And I'm like, great. So yeah. <laughs> we finally did it because I it, it got really really big in like the the holiday season and then my family and I went to Key West on vacation and we did a jet skiing tour and that was the most painful thing 
ever like just being on a jet kind of like being on a horse honestly with with IC like it was bad it was my wake-up call I I called them that day I was like I need to get in (laughs) yeah so they did it and it wasn't like a long recovery it was just no um I mean I had a I had a drain it or it was like a balloon type thing Mm -hmm. I don't really know what it, Mm -hmm. it was called a marsupialization procedure Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I had like this balloon drain thingy in for like a month and then they took it out. Oh. I just had to be here. It, it was just uncomfortable, like knowing that there was a drain in there. I just had to kind of like, I wobbled huh. a little bit, even though I didn't have to. <laughs> and did it bother your bladder? Honestly, it didn't. Like it was fine. Um, yeah. And I also really trusted the doctor that I did it with and and her confidence really helped me get in the right mindset because I previously was seeing a male gynecologist who kind of would just manhandle me and it, it it never made me feel good and it would flare my IC like when doing like the speculum and the pap smears and stuff like that like it was not a good experience and then I switched to this this woman and and she was great she would talk me through everything you know give it to me straight and I appreciate that in a practitioner absolutely it's good you switched yeah Yeah. (laughs) I do feel you know I mean I have a I've had well I had a female urologist and now I have a female urogynecologist and I don't know how comfortable I would have I think you know what when I first got IC it was it was a doctor it was a male urologist who diagnosed me and then I ended up getting into this excellent urologist through connections I shouldn't even say that on <laughs> but she was amazing but now she's retired and uh it's honestly that's another thing it's just so hard for people to find doctors here especially people who there's nobody who wants to take on IC patients they yeah, all want they can't help us <laughs> yeah and it's just they're really like, it's just so frustrating because Dr. Curtis Nichol um who I'm actually going to be interviewing next week I'm trying uh, to get him on my podcast so that reminds me to reach out to him again he said he was super yeah. busy before so I'll reach out to he him. is super busy yeah so no we'll tune in next Thursday um because we're going to be doing a I'm going to be interviewing him um through my YouTube channel Okay, and, we, can, we can link that in this show notes when this comes out in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting. Um, but he was like I I call him the IC guru, you know, of Canada. He was in Kingston, Ontario, um, which is just a few hours east of Toronto, and uh, he was amazing. And he has someone who who's taken over, but again, Kingston, which is a much smaller population than Toronto, Toronto is really lacking in the IC. Since you know, Doctor Carr um, retired, it's just there's nobody who really takes takes on IC patients or really is like focused on it. It's it's unfortunate. We we need to change that. I mean, like like you said, you know. <laughs> It's a difficult one. Um, and that's another reason why people need to turn to a holistic path, right? Yeah. And Carolyn Van Dyken, um, I don't know if you know who she is. So she no, is no. she has a company called Reframe Rehab. So they train the public PTs with a bio it's a biopsychosocial framework. So people like um Jill Mueller, Anthony Lowe, Jilly Bond. Um, so they do the courses and they're all very focused on the biopsychosocial 
framework. And Tara Lynn has even taken CBT training. So she's incredible. And Shelly Prosco, who's also big, and we've got lots of her content on my site. Um, she pioneered physio yoga. And uh, she has a toilet meditation on there that's really helpful for people with conditions, constipation, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, um, IC, endometriosis. So I think it's been translated into like five different languages. So oh, it also sits on the site. So it's, it's helpful as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's the thing. Like the site just has so much on there. I don't even think people realize how much is on there. Yeah. Um, looking and, and you have a lot of good stuff. I mean, a lot of free resources for people and you even connect them if they want something more like to work with someone that like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody like me. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm on your site and yeah. It's a great way to connect people with the practitioner that they are looking for. Yeah, no, it's, it's super helpful. Like I said, I just wish, you know, I mean, I should have done it 20 years ago, but I didn't, (laughs) (laughs) but it's there now for people to use and, you know, to familiarize themselves. I think, you know, that whole biopsychosocial, I think people sort of, the way we do it on the site is we, we explain it in a very easy to read way everything on the site is very concise it's all bullet points like the thing is you know pelvic health is huge right like there's so much I think I cover over 40 conditions um it's crazy how much is there and I it's funny like I'd love to see their like I'd love to see schools have pelvic health education that is my my next project is to bring it into schools like there is no reason why it shouldn't be and the thing is like people have no idea what to expect when it comes to you know they're gonna be going through menopause and they're just like oh I don't know I'll just I'll just walk in blind Mm -hmm. and there's so much like there's so much that people don't know and even people you know and and bringing IC in you know it can totally change your IC symptoms as well lack of estrogen and, and whatnot you know atrophy and all these things increase in UTIs um so my goal is just yeah educate 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 make sure people know you know what to expect even even the postpartum period people have no idea what to what they're you know dealing with they're just they figure like childbirth did it done have no issues after Mm -hmm. absolutely not right like the number of people who get prolapse and 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 then they say you know oh I I um whenever I uh, work out I got you know I'll pee a little and I figured that's normal because I had a baby and that's just what it is no shouldn't be that way people don't know society tells you (laughs) but it's just like you can fix that right like there's so many things that are fixable and so yeah so it's it's trying to help people understand that yeah um because there's so much, like, just, there's no education out there, pelvic health. People have, there are people who, if you don't have pelvic floor issues, people don't even know what a pelvic floor is and what it does. I didn't know. Unbelievable. Being diagnosed with IC. Was that? I didn't know what it was or even have heard no. of before IC. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And like how many functions it has. And, and it's just unbelievable that people have no clue. Like they have this hammock that's just <laughs> no knowledge. Like it's just, it's crazy to me that, right. that just people have no knowledge of what 
it does and you know how much it's responsible for so yeah so so I'm all about education um and then like I said I'm hoping I would love to see um schools take it on because it would be so helpful you know and even now like kids seven years old girls are getting their periods at seven now wow I didn't know that crazy is there any theory on why I'm assuming it's hormones and the food whoa everything is like they're growing faster they're you know it's crazy like I cannot even imagine I have a five-year-old he's a boy but um (laughs) I just can't imagine like in a year and a half I'm getting you know like that just boggles my mind they're like babies yeah unbelievable yeah (laughs) So there I needs did. to be education. Like, can you imagine being a seven-year-old at school, getting your period, not even know it? Like, all of a sudden, the kid is bleeding and having no idea what's yeah. going on. Oh, my gosh. That would be terrifying. I'm going to think about this now for the next two months of my life and tell every single person I know that you just told me that information. So <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Like, the stuff that I've learned and just come across, and it's just mind-boggling even conditions that I didn't know like things like pers- I don't know if you've heard of persistent genital arousal disorder yes yes like there are conditions that people and then ugh, they don't even know like no one knows and then there's people who suffer yeah you feel so isolated and-, and thinking there's something wrong with you but I mean there these treat there's treatments I'm sure for all of these conditions yeah that one's a bit complicated I mean there's stuff you can do but um that's a, that's a really difficult one. And then another big one is the trans population not knowing when they get surgery that they're going to have incontinence issues afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, like, I actually never thought about that. So that's a good point. It's a huge population and it's, it's like something, uh, luckily someone, um, one of the pelvic PTs did a piece. So I put it on all the trans groups. So they're aware because I mean, this is the thing, right? Like they're, they're so you want something so badly you don't think about the after you just sort of you know it's the same thing with IVF like people don't think about the artificial hormones or whatever they're putting into their body um and then you know if there's reproductive cancers that come up later they're not going to think about that so it's it's kind of the same thing it's like I want this so badly I'm not going to look at what you know, what's going to happen down the line. It's the same thing with amateur. Like, I know I need to get off amitriptyline 20 years of being on it. It's blocking a receptor. Like, a short, I already have short-term memory loss. I'm like, I got to get off this, but I like what it does for me. So it's one of those things, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's why the more education, the better. People need to know about these things. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So speaking of your site can you tell the listeners where they can get connected and is it something that yeah yeah so absolutely so the website is pelvichealthsupport.ca um we were canadian centric and now we are north american centric because our u.s traffic actually exceeded our canadian so clearly it was a much needed resource in the u.s um so we're just transitioning it so that it's a fully you know north american centric site um, everything Americans can get everything off there just as Canadians can. Um, and I also have an Instagram page, uh, which is public health support and a Facebook page, which is also public health support and a Facebook support group, which is also public health support. Right. You got to stay consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but there's like the pelvic health support Facebook page and the pelvic health support support group. So yeah, yeah so we have we have all so we're we're um we're all we're all there on social media and uh yeah, so easy to access, um free, you know, everything's free. free. And uh there is, you know, the the membership just allows you to be a little bit more proactive, but it's pay what you can. So it's uh, really just for people who, you know, there's some additional um, meditative body. There's a body scan. There's um, change your brain, change your pain, written by Carolyn Van Dyke, and it's just an ebook which helps you understand central sensitization um, and the biopsychosocial approach, and also, you know, restorative yoga, restroom access card. If you need it, I'll send it to you. And uh, yeah, so it's, you know, got a, a bunch of extra little things there and it just helps support the site. So it's, yeah. it's like I said, pay what you can. I just, I just changed it over because I just want to make it accessible to everyone. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I, I want to yeah. thank you for putting that all together. I mean, do you have a job outside of doing this? No. <laughs> you, you are well, being a mom, but other than that, no. That is a job. Yeah, that's a yeah, job. It is. That's a job. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, thank you. I mean, on behalf of the IC and pelvic pain population, I mean, thank you for doing that. And also thank you for coming on the show and, and talking about this with us. This is yeah. going to really connect people with some some information that could change their life. Yeah, absolutely. That's the goal. So thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. If you enjoyed this episode specifically, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell me exactly what you enjoyed about the episode. For more content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Callie K Nutrition.